as I said, I was 22 and we went and saw an accountant at the time and they said, if you structure it like this, you're going to pay about 200,000, 200,000 in tax. If you structure it like this, we'll pay about 15 grand. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're chatting again to successful property investor and wealth advisor Jolene Sicaria. She's no stranger to property investment and we'll learn more about the cash flow heavy model she uses to make her investments work for her, the passive income stream she has created and the habits that have led her to success. Sakari shares with us the current properties she has in her portfolio which includes a number of different properties. Right now, we've got um, a principal place of residence obviously but that, that's a sizable asset um, for us and then we've got um, a property at Malulaba, and it's actually a block of units. So there's a four-bedroom and two three-bedroom units in that. We built the four-bedroom in downstairs and then we've got um, two commercial properties in addition to that at the moment as well. For Sakaria, her favourite moment over the course of her property journey was achieving financial independence to the point where she didn't necessarily have to work as much in order to pay for her living costs. My favourite moment um, with the investment side, so not obviously having kids and getting married is <laughs> like my favourite moment but my favourite moment with the property side is when we had uh, paid off our because our house now is obviously a much bigger asset um, we don't live in the three bedroom unit anymore um, where we had our house paid off and our um, units at Malula Bar and we started receiving that significant passive income coming through and you know we felt like okay well this is what we've been working towards this is the moment that I think a lot of people really dream of is now we're in a position where well we don't necessarily have to work you know we don't have to work as much we can we can um, have more balance and, and start to step back and all those sort of things. It's just, it is, you know, I, it is a very tangible feeling when that happens because you you do feel freed. Um, of course, we both still just continue to <laughs> work. I don't know what's wrong with us and whatever, but we're, you know, we're young as well and I don't think, we, we do a lot of travel now, but I don't think, um, you know, semi-retirement's not really our immediate goal. We're really enjoying what we're doing, but that moment um, was, was definitely great and it's allowed us to go and acquire other assets and use that income now to put towards those to, to reduce the debt on those. So, um, yeah, I think that's definitely my favourite moment with, with our investing. Sicaria went for a cash flow heavy model to accumulate wealth and properties and pay off debt rather than just letting capital growth do all the work. You know, when we started out, we were a bit gung-ho development and then based on the, you know, the amount of time that that, that, that takes and, and what's involved with negotiating and that sort of thing, um, after we did the East Brisbane and the Everton Hills developments, we uh, then manoeuvred towards that block of units that I mentioned and that was much easier because the structure was already there. 
um, and we just enhanced it and really enhanced the cash flow. And then we actually rented that out per room for um, from about 2009 to about 2017. And, you know, the cash flow return was about 12%. So we went for a cash flow heavy model to help us get ahead and, um, you know, really, really make sure that our assets are contributing. So we've never bought an asset where we've got to you know, subsidize it. It's like a poor cousin and we've got to give it a thousand dollars a month. We've never done that. So um, from that moment onwards, because we then had a, a really good cash flow from that property and, um, you know, we work closely with, with a few people in the industry and Helen will appreciate when I say we, our next um, asset that we acquired was probably a bit more high risk in the sense that it was a commercial property that was vacant. So we got it extremely under market value and, you know, it's tenanted out now and it's almost doubled and, and that's also been our strategy for our next commercial property that we've acquired as well. So we took a, a different tact after the first two developments because we um, we wanted our assets to be just very cash flow enhanced and not not have to contribute towards those and less time, less money um, and more contribution back for us. So that's how our strategy has evolved over time. I wouldn't say, you know, when we were 22, did we sit down and say, you know, we're going to go from developments to building units to, you know, um, buying vacant commercial properties. It, it's something that has just naturally evolved, I think, as we've matured and realised where you can get the best bang for buck out of, of some of these acquisitions. And um, I wouldn't say that we would rule out developments, uh, but we certainly, you know, our feasibilities are pretty strong on those now um, because we understand the, the time that's required to do them. So, you know, that in combination with making some sacrifices as I said, you know, around like we were renting rooms out. We didn't have our own space as a family really until um, about five or six years ago. So, you know, it's uh, it w- was making sacrifices and being really disciplined with money, you know, making sure that we're setting money aside and that we're paying debts off and accumulating effective assets in the right areas and that we're structuring things properly for tax. That's always been something really important to us so we're not giving away more than we have to. The combination of that um, is something that we've always you know, had from day one. That's been our approach and our strategy. Um, and it's just evolved to include different assets over time. In regards to tax, Sakara shed some light on whether accountants or financial planners are equipped to give advice in that area. That's a grey area because some financial advisors don't advise on tax strategies. Um, and, and some accountants don't advise on on broader tax strategies or self-managed super funds so it's what I would say is it's just doing the research to ask a few questions whether they're an accountant or an advisor around you know are you able to advise me on the big picture including myself my trusts my companies my superannuation uh, my cash flow you know, my objectives and then the ultimate outcomes for capital gains tax. That's really what should be asked because, you know, I even had, I had a client in even this week who um, they've got a financial advisor, an accountant who does personal and an accountant who does self-managed super and then the loan guy at the bank. And so they're working with four advisors and 
I, I said it's your your advice has been very disjointed. Like everything is very weighted towards you know, she owns several properties in her own name and has cash in in super and in in and she's retired. So none of it really made any sense. And I think you want someone who can pull it all together. You know, take the big picture. They know they know the general strategies across all and can really weigh up the different outcomes for you. It could be an accountant. It could be a financial advisor. Um, but you've just got to ask those questions so that you get the right the right person, the right fit. You know, because some financial advisors are more product focused and they might only you know in, invest in certain products and not have that broad brush brush approach and then some accountants might be just they might not even be qualified in superannuation so that's never going to be part of the equation for example so yeah just asking that question making sure that they are able to give you that broad advice is important having passive income coming in is very important for sakaria as it gives her the financial independence and freedom she needs provides a future for her family and is the reason why she's accumulated her properties. What we're currently doing with the properties is we've got the um, so we've got a commercial property that's rented out and that's got a, a very good yield based on what we paid for it, and we've got the units that are rented out. So um, a lot of that now is is sort of positive cash flow, um, passive income, and so we've just gone and acquired another commercial asset that's currently vacant um, and. Uh, we uh, we did take out debt for that. So we're using now the other passive income. We'll start paying that off. That's a new asset, that, that other commercial property. We're just about to settle on that. So um, why we're doing that is because, you know, we want to achieve a passive income of about 350 and um, but still not having to use our principal place of residence, which is a bulky asset, Um to generate income and also not relying on our super because, you know, we, we'd like further options earlier in life. So at the moment, most of our calculations and why we're doing that is is around trying to get more and more passive income. And the reason that we've got, you know, three assets as opposed to one is because like I am a little bit conservative in nature and I like to have, you know, multiple tenants and multiple income sources because I feel like for us to rely on like one tenant of a really massive asset for me um, would be a little bit of risk because, you know, if, if we're relying on that to provide us our passive income and then we, we do shut up shop, you know, when we're 50 or whatever, um, then, you know, you, you if that vacates, then you're not going to have that consistency. So we're trying to build it whilst having it tax effective, um, protected, as you said, and consistent in nature so that we feel comfortable with, you know, where we're sitting um, when we do ultimately just rely on that revenue to provide us with our living costs. So right now we're reinvesting it all back in because what's motivating us is that we're continuing to accrue assets and we're doing that so we can, you know, create a bit of a future for us and the kids and, and have that flexibility without ever having to realize our principal place of residence. It sounds like your principal place of residence is already fully paid off. Two of the properties are also unencumbered and you wouldn't have any debt on it. And I guess the last property you purchased, uh, which is a commercial, has a loan on it as well. So you're in a really, really nice, comfortable position with these properties because you own three or four that you've got at this point in time. The first commercial one, there's a tiny bit of debt left on that. But yeah, we're we're pretty well... um, 
you know, that will be paid off quite soon. But yeah, that's right. So it's just really, we're trying to to now, you know, accumulate as rapidly as possible uh, in terms of, of the assets and passive income that we've got. Coming up after the break, hear about the daily habits she's developed which are important to her success. I have a habit of every morning I wake up, I check and get back to emails and every night I will not go to bed until my inbox is cleared. The great advice she received from an accountant at the age of 22. We went and saw an accountant at the time and they said, if you structure it like this, you're going to pay about 200000 $200, in tax. All that and more coming up after the break. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Sakaria has been part of education groups with property education cities all over Australia and has found great value in the information and counselling they have provided. I have learned so much through those groups. Like I learn from everyone on a daily basis, you know. It's it's amazing how much knowledge just passes through those groups and what you've got access to and the variation in speakers that they get and it's a constant evolution as well so i think my like my main training ground and even now just keeping up with with everything that changes as we go um, being part of those networks has given me a lot of education and I think access to the right professionals too because I'm you know always put my hand up even if I think I know the answer I double check you know and I think that there's so much value in in that advice that we get you know I still go and talk to uh, my account and I bounce everything off him you know and I and I think that that network um, has really been a key it's really been a big key for us uh, in terms of being educated about things, everything from tax right through to um, feasibility or, or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, you really need a team around you to be able to get that expert advice. Otherwise, you can't do everything yourself. It sounds like the resources and mentors have been your group and your team and your education pieces that you've been part of, which is absolutely phenomenal. And I think you you know some of them and you know what they're like, aren't they? Just very expert in their fields and and uh, you know the amount of knowledge and because everyone is so niche they just stay up with it so relevant for their for their individual field so I think you know anyone that tries to go it alone I would really question that Um, because even as professionals who are in it all the time you know we're still learning and we're still bouncing off each other to get the best outcome. She then shares with us about a book that she has written on self-managed superannuation which she gives to her clients to increase their knowledge base. Just, um, you know, the ins and outs, how it's structured, what the possibilities are with uh, superannuation. Um, So, you know, a lot of people talk about the barefoot investor, which, you know, look, there are some good good aspects to reading books like that because you're getting education. But if you want to act off that advice without getting it personalized, personalized to yourself then you're going to have problems so I think that um, mine branches off just into the superannuation space and uh, just sort of goes through all the nitty-gritty detail around you know how is superannuation structured and um, what are the tax rates and how can we invest in there and just all the tips and traps I guess. What's the name of the book? 
just self-managed superannuation by Jolene Sapari and it's branded with our company. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just a, a bit more of an e-book and, yeah, we uh, we just give it to all of our clients um, for an education education process. Sakaria tells us about a moment when she received great advice which held her in good stead on her property journey. I think uh, the best advice that, that had the most impact for me was actually back with that first investment that we did. As I said, I was 22 and we went and saw an accountant at the time and they said, if you structure it like this, you're going to pay about 200,000, 200,000 in tax. If you structure it like this, we'll pay about 15 grand. And, you know, when you're 22 and you're doing your first development and you're really trying to set a financial foundation, um, that had a huge impact on the outcome of that for us. So, you know, I, I, once again, that's another moment that I'm grateful for. And I'm grateful that I got correct advice as well. Uh, and that it had such a positive impact on our on us starting out, you know, as a family, as a as an investors, um, yeah, I think that was that was a moment where I've definitely received some great advice. She then cites staying on top of things as one of the key factors that has contributed to her success. I think that um, you know we get uh, compliments often around our efficiency and and you know timeliness, and I think I have a habit of every morning I wake up I check and get back to emails and every night I will not go to bed until my inbox is cleared. I've got back to everyone. Um, Even phone calls I've received that day, if I get the message late, I'll shoot a text. I just leave nothing unturned until I go to bed. And I think doing that every single day just means that things don't accumulate. You know, people's expectations are met and that you stay on top of things as well. So even for our own stress management, you know, not going to bed with things hanging over your head. Um, And I, I believe that, you know, that contributes to us being efficient like in life as well as business. If Sakaria could give herself some advice 10 years ago, this is what she would have said. I do sort of function all the time. Like I don't, I unless I physically leave, and that's why we take chunky holidays and we go overseas because unless I physically leave, I don't give myself any downtime. So I, I think I would just say to myself, you know, you've got the foundation, your process is automated, you're saving, you know, just relax. <laughs> because I think I think we can sometimes all get a bit wound up with it. Like what if I don't achieve and what if I don't and I I, I think that, you know, if you if you set the process in motion, if you've planned it out and you've got a process that's set in motion, you know, just allow yourself to live as well and, and have some balance and and don't panic about it because you know, everything works in cycles and opportunities come up on a daily basis. And I think when you're young, you feel like, well, that opportunity is the only one I'm ever going to get. You know, I've got to buy that property and you pay too much or whatever. I just, you know, everyone sort of tends to feel like that when they're young. But as you get older, you just, you feel like, you know what, there's like five opportunities a day. Be selective, take your time and don't panic. That's, that's what I would say. When asked what she would look forward to most in a property journey, Sakara replies she would definitely enjoy reaping the rewards of all her hard work and effort. I think it's just finally seeing um, the accumulation that's not from me, you know, having to put money into it. It's just finally just seeing 
um, something working for you and and helping you get ahead. You know, it's almost like having a third person in the marriage. Don't tell Matt I said that when you're talking him, but it's like oh, we've got another person that's earning an income. You know, and I think that's an exciting phase to be in now because where we direct that and and just watching that accumulate, it's it's effortless, and I just really enjoy seeing it. So, yeah, that that is exciting me that you know we finally will get some benefit from that after all the hard work and sacrifice. When it comes to whether how much of her success she thinks is due to skill, intelligence, and work, and how much of it is because of luck, Sakari shares the following. I think that there are there are things that you know you need to be grateful for that could have gone either way, um, and and definitely that has happened for me. You know, like with my first job, um, and and those sort of things with the council saying yes instead of no. I mean, they're all things that I consider good fortune, um, but I. Yeah, I also think that building on good fortune, you need to have planning and you need to have hard work and you need to have sacrifice to have, you know, the result that you get. For those who would like to find out more about Jolene Sicaria, what she does and how to reach out to her, this is how you can contact her. I'm contactable on um, 0416 473446 and my email is jolene, J-O-L-E-N-E at myfinancialgroup.com.au. We are a firm of sort of a holistic financial services. So we have uh, tax accountants, self-managed super fund accountants and specialists. We've got wealth advisors We've got loan brokers and we've also got uh, insurance brokers. So most of our clients are busy people and they like to be able to just do everything in, in one convenient location. So, um, yeah, look, we, we do work with other professionals as well. So we're not just isolated to people who need us for everything. Uh, but, yeah, look, feel free to reach out. We, um, you know, really important to me. And as I mentioned, my passion at the start, like I had somebody say to me yesterday, you know, why don't you charge for your first consultation and, and doing those cash flows? You know, you could, so one of my clients offering me advice on that I could offer under the bonnet checks for $500 or charge a fee and donate it to charity. And I think something that really drives me is education. And in this country, I feel like, you know, we're, we're not financially stable enough when we retire. We don't have enough to be comfortable. And the more people that we can get out and touch early in the piece and educate around that and, and good habits and how to improve on that, that's really what drives me every day. And that's why we do those first two meetings at, at no cost. We sit down, we analyze your situation, we have a look at where you're heading for retirement. Um, we go through all of that. And uh, that's because we, we do want that information to get out there, regardless of whether or not you become a client of ours. Um, we just, that drives us. You know, we do lecturing down at the universities um, at Griffith and it's we volunteer our time for those sort of things. We do pro bono aged care work um, for people going into aged care facilities because that's a very stressful and it's a minefield of information, um, very stressful time. So, you know, uh, the main thing that drives us is, that, is education. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions um, because that's that's what we love and that's why we're still working.
I'd like to say a huge thank you to Jolin Sakaria for joining us on this episode of Property Invest Story. If you'd like to find out more about her journey, head over to propertyinveststory.com.au.